0: This is the most uncontrollable podcast in the world. Laugh about it, laugh about it, laugh about it. Welcome back to another episode here at the Fusion NFC. And alongside me, I got two great homies of mine coming in right here. We got the boy Ian Potsiad. You and Ivan Monreal. Yes, sir. That's right. All right. I had a hard time. I had a time <laughs> pronouncing that off camera. So, anyway, boys, really appreciate you guys having me out here today.
1: Good to be here, man. Yeah, dude. How are we
0: doing so far today? Living the dream. You Living know, the dream. As I was
1: saying earlier, we had another little interview this morning yep. with the School of Business for Chico State, so mm-hmm. just knocking them out. Let's go,
0: left and right. Hey, business. you can't complain when business is busy, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. uh, basically, yeah. I mean, first of all, I just think this is like a really phenomenal opportunity that you guys have and that you've taken advantage of. But uh, if you guys both want to go a little bit about yourselves and what kind of brought you... Um, to Fusion NFC, and for those of you that don't know, obviously that's why we're here today. It is a startup affiliated with Chico State where these guys are absolutely killing it with the smart card. So, uh, I don't know if you want to go first, Ivan, kind of what uh, what kind of brought you into this whole business and what brought you here?
1: Yeah, so I think we chatted about it a second earlier. Yeah, but I went to Chico State mm-hmm. and graduated last year with a, my, a major in business entrepreneurship yeah. and a minor in marketing, and I wanted to do something with that major. So, what else could I do besides start a business? Mm-hmm. So, this opportunity fell in my lap when I came back to Chico to work. I do marketing right now at Chico Start. And the opportunity came up, and I couldn't take it for granted. So, yeah. she said, uh, My boss/slash teacher was like, Hey, you're going to get $5,000 to start a business. Mm-hmm are you up for it? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And here I am.
0: There you go, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out Ava, dude. She is phenomenal. Also my teacher as well. She passed me, so God bless her. And then uh, Ian, for yourself, brother, what kind of got you here? What brought you to this to fusion?
2: You know, coming to Chico was a little bit of a leap of faith for me. Yeah. I I just arrived in August. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, I was sitting in Kernville, uh, which is where I'm from, doing school online during the pandemic, right? Everything goes online and I'm doing school remotely where I want to be. But it comes time to enroll in school in person. And so I'm looking at all these schools, where do I want to go? And I knew I was going to study business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking through all these business majors trying to figure out what I want. And as I'm scrolling through Chico, um, because It's one of the uh, more successful public schools of business in California. Harvard of the West. Harvard of the West. And uh, I come across the major of entrepreneurship, and I was like, whoa, that's a thing? And Mm -hmm. it just called to me, so I applied, Mm -hmm. um, not really knowing entirely what I was getting into, only to find out that it is totally my speed and absolutely uh, what I've been wanting to learn, and Mm -hmm. none of the other business majors were really providing what I was after, yeah. and lo and behold, I come here and I perform the way I want to, right, good grades and whatnot, and what it leads to is Professor Evo reaching out about this amazing opportunity class where we get this grant to start and run a business, and
0: now I'm here. We are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what it's all about is, you know, in life, I feel like, There's times where, like, the future seems obviously so uncertain. And Steve Jobs has this great quote. He's like, only looking back can you connect all the dots, right? You don't know what the future holds. But it is crazy how life works out. I mean, as we were talking about uh, earlier, Ivan, you talked about how, you know, you weren't sure if you were going to leave after school or what was going on. And now you have this phenomenal opportunity to really attack that passion of yours. And then as far as as with you, uh, too, Evan – or Evan, oh my god Ian sorry hey we got so an I Ivan we got an Ivan,
1: Yeah, Ian and Evan in 9 yes. in class so yeah <laughs> we all got good, so many we
0: got so many but uh what you were talking about as well too is just like being able to like find your passion especially with entrepreneurship which is like such a new sort of degree and like you know to be honest a profession that has now become like popularized but i feel like people don't really understand the amount of work um and energy and hours it takes to be successful so what I was going to go in is first, what does NFC stand for? Or my bad, Fusion NFC. What's the NFC and it stand for?
2: Right. So the NFC stands for Near Field Communication. Okay. Right. That is basically uh, two devices talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are probably familiar with the tap to pay credit card. Right. It's the same exact technology. Now, it's been... Very popular for many years in the medical and security industries, Mm -hmm. right? They make these NFC cards that unlock doors or you use them to get access to uh, your company's computer network. Right. Um, But we started seeing that there were some companies out there that were actually utilizing these in a social context. Right. And that is the train that we jumped on.
0: Yeah. And I know we talked about a little bit off camera too, is... It seems like the smart card, as we talked about, the it, smartest card on the market. That's what I like. That's the logo. Fusion NFC. That's yeah, that's our, right. That's the, the, smartest manager, the smartest card market. on the market. Heck yeah! Um, but yeah, it seems like too. You're right. It's like, just like anything that's starting to be popularized, there's so many opportunities. You know, there's so much like blue. What is that? Blue sea. The blue sea market. I'm um, learning about that in class. And <laughs> shout out, Eva. Ava and uh basically what um it seems like though is that you said there's other uses that you've seen that your competitors are lacking so what are like a couple of those um other aspects of the company where you see the competitors are dropping the ball in, like the
1: smart card industry so obviously it's a pretty competitive market there's two pretty well-established companies that are doing this but differently i'm not going to name them yeah. because they aren't our friends that's right fusion nfc You're we're dead the smartest yours. business card smartest card in the market but basically what they do is they lock you down. Mm-hmm. They lock you down to their program, which only allows you to sh- share a certain amount of information. Right. For us, we allow you to do whatever your heart desires, not only customizable, like you can do front and back. like the Whatever you want to do is endless, and as well as what you want to link it to is endless. Right. So we leave it open to you to do anything from an instant test text message, an instant email. You can share it like for this. If you wanted to tap your card on somebody's thing, it'll go straight to their podcast. Right. We can do a digital business card, just like the competitors. Mm-hmm. And you could do so much more. Like you could share a song. You could do payments with Venmo or um, PayPal. We also are looking into doing like Wi-Fi passwords. So if you're at a friend's house and you're like, hey, what's the password? Just tap my card, bro. you mm-hmm. connect connected to the Wi-Fi.
0: See, that's money because it's a card that can literally do everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's cool because I do know people that have business cards where it's like it's the tap to touch, like contact info or maybe just the link tree. But I have yet to come across a card where you can get the Wi-Fi, you can get platforms. Like it would work for someone like me, like trying to promote the podcast, right? For sure. 100%. Especially for a lot of these young entrepreneurs or um, social media influencers, right? Because for me, I'm constantly pr- um, promoting on my Snapchat, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube and to have something that has access to all of those on a card, yeah. but then also going to have maybe like my solar contact information for business, mm-hmm. and maybe I want to make a couple payments or whatnot with my card, like that is phenomenal. And I think I applaud you guys for that because it doesn't seem like that's been tapped. Go ahead.
2: Um, well, yeah, you say you have two different potential uses for it. Right. These cards, you can actually reprogram them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that we've also seen lacking in the other businesses um, they sell these these networking cards, right? Mm-hmm. These smart cards, and they are attached to an app that you can customize as your own, like quick digital portfolio. Right. Right. Throw your contact on there. Throw your socials on there. With our cards, you can actually program them with any website link. So if you had a, a digital portfolio that. You know, a really easy one to make is through Linktree. get all your links listed on there. A lot of people know those. They're in like every other celebrity's Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So you can share that with people and say you have two, right? You Mm -hmm. have one that you want to use to promote Hilarious Society and your online presence and another that you'd like to use to share uh, solar information with people that you're marketing to. Right. Right. If you have those links on hand, you could reprogram this puppy in about thirty seconds and adapt it to whichever scenario you need it for next. Yeah,
1: let's say Monday through Friday, you're at your solar job. Mm-hmm. You tap someone's thing; it goes to your solar website, your solar phone number that you want to connect people to. Let's say Saturday and Sunday, you're out like at the bars or wherever, hanging out. with yeah. friends, wherever you're at, mean, you some get, girls right here. Ding, girls. Ding, yeah, ding, there you're, you go. Just, you're just promoting your podcast. Yeah, and whatever else you right. We ha- literally have a video. In under I think forty seconds of us yeah. reprogramming it, we obviously know how to do it. Yeah. But once you know how to do it, it's so simple. So right. Monday through Friday, you're doing your day job. Mm-hmm. S- Saturday and Sunday, you want to do something else. Promote whatever you want. Right. Like you, you're hustling. You're, out, yeah. you're doing your podcast. You can promote that during the weekend.
0: Yeah. See, that's that's awesome because yeah. And the other thing I think that's uh, really crucial that you guys are allowing is the freedom because at the end of the day, right? Just like I know in sales, like people don't want to be sold. They want to they want to buy. Right. They don't want people to tell them what they want. They want the option and then ultimately be able to take advantage of that option where they feel that they're in control. So by you guys, as you talked about earlier, giving them the freedom the freedom to go ahead and be like, hey, you're not controlled under one platform or one identity with this card. What it does is it, act, it allows more customers to probably feel that level of like, okay, I'm in control of what I wanna do. I'm not just giving you know, this card and saying this is all it can do, this is our guidelines, you have no control. The fact that you can reprogram the card Kind of reminds me of what Apple does with the iPhone. Think about it, right? You buy an iPhone 13, but guess what? Every couple months, new update, new update. Constantly staying up to date with the market and the competition is huge. So for you guys being able to, you know, even if I'm slow at it, let's say three minutes to re-download the card, that's huge because versus having to go buy a brand new card or a brand new phone, which would take so much more time and energy, being able to just do it. um, When you guys do reprogram it, is it on the laptop or like how do you, how do you reprogram it?
2: There are a variety Speaker. of different apps yeah. that you can use on your phone to reprogram it. Um, if, you, uh, if you check out the instructions on our website, we recommend using the NSC Tools app. Yeah. Um, and we have the links to get that on your Google Play Store or your iTunes Store. Just download it real quick and there's about five steps, five simple steps to reprogram your card.
1: That easy. Five quick steps. You said it real quick, Nick, but yeah. Fusion NFC sells freedom. That's right.
0: And that's what I'm actually going to go into a little bit as far as we have the cards right here. I'll put them in the link in the bio for YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, all the podcasts. This goes on all the platforms. But yeah, just for the listeners there, this thing's pretty slick here. It's light right here. Right here we got the name co-founder. We have the address. And so the cool thing about it is it's a very simple look to it, but it has so much potential inside of it. That's, I like yeah, that. All, all with the tap. Share yeah, anything with the tap. Yeah, I like that. But um, anyway, kinda going, I guess we kinda talked about a little bit, guys, but um, kinda how did this all come about? I mean, the business has really only been around, as you guys said, for about seven months. Um, and so kinda how did this come about? What kind of started this movement and this idea? And uh, yeah, just a little bit about that. So I guess, go ahead, Ivan, start first. I'm go to Ian. After.
1: So we seen that there, there was a problem. Where all businesses come from is a problem. We see a problem, we gotta find a solution. As entrepreneurs, I feel like we're all entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. this room. When you see a problem, you solve it. That's how you start a business. We've seen many problems with how people hand out business cards and the way that info gets transferred to other people's info. So let's say you get handed a business card mm-hmm. at a networking event or anything like that. What happens? You probably put it in your pocket. You probably took it. It might be a nice business card. Put it in your wallet. You're like, yeah, I'll get to it later. I'll probably type it in and text you later. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you don't transfer that data from, your, from their card to your phone. So it never ends up on your phone. You never end up getting contacted. So the solution to that is how are we going to get info straight to people's phone? Everyone's on their phone all day, every day. So let's get the info they need that you need them to have right away on their phone. So this was our solution. a Fusion NFC smart card, mm-hmm. tap their phone and whatever you want goes to their phone. Right. And to build off on that, some sustainability aspects, Ian will talk about it. We're saving the planet out here. Right.
2: Yeah, so um, obviously there's the problems with networking that we're trying to fix, right? When you hand somebody a business card, fun fact is that 7% of business cards that get handed out are actually used.
0: Yeah, I know firsthand. We're hand. talking about 7% <laughs>
2: Of over 10 billion cards that are printed every single year, um, over 80% thrown away within the first week. They end up, they end up in your back pocket, going through the washing machine. They end up on the sidewalk under a boot, or they just end up in the trash, right? Um, just never to be seen again. Um, one, one day, actually, we were presenting uh, our progress to our board of advisors. And I walk out of the building with Emilio, another one of our co-founders, and I stepped on a business card and I realized it and I, I walked past it and it was, it was sitting guy. under my boot.
0: John Doe. And I was like, R.I.P. dude,
2: look at this thing. And Emilio goes, don't touch it. And he runs up and he takes a photo. He's like, all right. <laughs> but, but yeah, over 8 billion cards.
0: 10 thrown away. Oh, 8 billion I just thrown away. Yeah,
2: Thrown yeah. away within the first week they're handed out. Yeah.
1: And 7% or less. I think I have a little Never pile means. in my room of business cards yeah. going to all these networking events. Chico yeah. say we've been in Sacramento a few times showing off the card and they yeah. hand me the business card and I'm like thank you. Like let me show you something. And then yeah. I tap their phone and it's this wow effect we got going on. Yeah, like yeah, I've been it. saying like this technology has been around yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. But It's just not used to its full potential, and that's what we're trying to do here.
0: Yeah, it's like you're, you know, technology's constantly, you know, moving forward, and I do, it's so crazy, because this is so, like, on pace with, like, what I'm doing with Solar, is I have business cards, but I never, like, I deal with it on door to door, is you never give them out until after you make the sale. Mm. Once you make the sale, yeah, you can have all my contact information, but until then, you know what happens? 9.999995 times out of 10, when I give someone my card, when people ask, we're literally taught this. Do not give out your business card at the door. For one, this is what happens. Let's say I want to make an appointment with you. All right, Ivan, I'm coming back tomorrow the next day. Which works better for you? Oh, you know what? If you have a card, just drop it off. I'm like, oh, okay. But does tomorrow work better? Sure, sure. I'll leave that card. Let's say I even get the appointment. Yeah, mm-hmm. tomorrow. But can you get, can you give me your card? Sure, yeah. Here's, here's my card, Ivan. Cool. Guess what happens? Now you have my information. Guess what's going to happen before tomorrow? Hey, Nick. Text me. Most people won't even call. Hey, Nick, actually can't do it. You know, I'm going to have to cancel. Boom, cancel. Cancel rates go sky high when you have a physical card, right? Mm -hmm. And for the most of them, we always say on the doors is, hey, I'd love to give you a card. It's literally part of the pitch. I'd love to give you a card, but I'm sure it's just going to sit on top of your fridge or get thrown away. (laughs) People are like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So it's so true because I'll say from the sales aspect on the door-to-door life is that cards, like regular business cards are so obsolete. But having something like this where it has all my information and after I get a, let's say I get a close, I use this. For one, it looks more professional. My boss, Max, shout out Max Duran, he has one. Not to the same skill level that this is, but he does have a smart card. He doesn't so.
1: have the smartest card yet. That's
0: right, on the market. But it's cool because you're starting to see people transition away from you know trash old cards to something that's much better technology and uh, more beneficial for both the consumer and um, uh, the business. But yeah, it's just funny because when you guys are talking about that, I'm like, dude, I- I've literally, I think I've gotten one call. I don't do this anymore because for one, I've gotten pretty good at my job, but two, it's just, it's a rookie mistake. Um, but I think I've gotten one call back from someone I left my card to. And I've probably given over from when I first started. So I don't do it anymore, but probably over 200 cards. Gotten one call back. So we're talking 200 cards. You want
2: to hear a stat about the effectiveness of let business it, cards? Let it rip. Let it rip. The stat it man. takes about 2,000 cards handed out to uh, bring in an increased return of whether it's revenues or what yeah. you're selling of two and a half percent, Yeah, 2,000 cards.
0: That's nuts, exactly, and that's what I'm saying because it's just, you're not uh, differentiating yourself from the market either, right? It's like, you know, everyone's selling vanilla ice cream then you guys come in with Neapolitan, like, holy shit, what is that? Like, I need some of that, right? Right. So it's the same idea with this, so I mean, I think this is great, but uh, what I wanted to get to a little bit, and I know we kind of talked about the competitors, but a little bit more about you guys is, for one, what's kind of like your guys' motivation in particular and inspiration um, and what kind of has I guess made you guys want to become better and more uh, affluent uh, young entrepreneurs? So start. We'll start with Ian on this one.
2: Um. Well, this this business in particular really speaks to me. Uh, obviously, I've been throwing out stats about like how sustainable big, they big are. Stat guy. <laughs> I am more than a stat guy. No, no I'm, just I <laughs> am, uh, I'm an outdoors guy. Right. Uh, before I came here. I was spending my summers as a whitewater river guide, Okay. and one of the most ridiculous things I've seen, um, well, we'll start with the cool thing, is that there are more and more people getting outside every single year. I start seeing the, the shores of the river just like loaded with people having a good time, they're out camping, but it's when they disappear. And I start seeing these piles of trash left behind. Right. And it is, it, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah. It's horrible. And it's like, who, who even thinks this is okay? Right. So, so to be able to have a product that actually contributes to um, reducing the amount of trash people are leaving on yeah. the streets, um, that's, that's something that I can really get behind. To be, right. Uh, something I really appreciate and so, something I want to help grow. Right. right. This this is a product that I think should be in everyone's hands if they have any type of brand that they are trying to promote, whether it's personal or professional. Right. Do it in a practical, sustainable way.
0: Yeah. And I think that's such a huge part. I want to get to Ivan as well, but just to go off that, Ian is, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like if you don't have confidence and um, conviction in what you're selling or what you're trying to, you know, get out there, then it will always fail, right? And so I totally can relate. And I agree. It's like, yeah, if you're not doing something that you fully would buy yourself, like if you don't have your own product at your house, then there's something wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in my case with solar, like I'm renting, so I can't get it. But as soon as I buy a home, I'm going to get that solar. So I think that's really cool that you have an internal motivation and intrinsic uh, value behind it, because a lot of people will do it for like, you know, legacy and fame and money. That's all great. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure we all want that to some degree whether it's one of those three things. But at the end of the day, it's like, what is your driving force? It's got to be a deeper purpose. So for you, that's awesome. Especially being an outdoorsy person, like you have to understand more than most, like the amount of carbon emissions that are going up every year and the amount of trash it just pollutes. Don't so, even get me started. Yeah, started, yeah. I, could,
2: I got enough stats to fill up this entire podcast. That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, over to you, Ivan. What uh, what was your kind of motivation, brother, and inspiration to, do to get into this
1: um, overall? To be honest, I want to be the most dangerous version of myself possible. And I think this was a huge milestone, stepping stone to do that. Mm -hmm. So for this business and like being involved, I'm involved in everything from sales, accounting, legal, ad, marketing. Like I'm I have my foot in everything because in the future, I definitely want to continue being an entrepreneur and starting my own business. I don't want to work for someone else. I want to work for myself. I'll put in all the hours in the world to get away from that and just be my own boss. Right. So I think the number one factor of being involved with this business was just to grow as a person and just be dangerous in the world of entrepreneurs and to be able to like speak the language mm-hmm. of like entrepreneurs. You yeah. know, like not everybody knows this language. Like everyone's different. Everyone has their own speciality. I'm gonna go off for one second real quick. No good. School system teaches you how to be, like, specialized in something. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurship is, like, a totally different ballgame from you're not being taught to do something. You're being taught to do a, an array of things. Like, through the entrepreneurship class, which is offered at Chico State, you learn how to do everything. That's why I chose this major. Back kind of to your first question, almost like a full circle. Like No, yeah, go ahead. I thought like I'm not going to do just marketing because then I'm going to get a marketing job. I'm not going to just do business law because then I'm going to get a business law degree and I'm going to get a job in that. With entrepreneurship, you could literally do anything. Right. You know, it's it checks that box of you have a degree mm-hmm. and now I could literally do anything. So I think it opened up doors. So I just look forward to the future and I think this right here is a huge opportunity and I'm taking full advantage of it. Yeah, dude. I think that's
0: awesome it's because you got to hit the hammer on the nail. I'm always talking about it. And, uh, I've, I've talked to, uh, about it in the past as well. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, in school, right? What are they taught? And like I said, I'm never anti-school. I think for certain degrees, such as entrepreneurship, which I'm actually about to get into, because I think it's one of the few beneficial degrees, but like accounting or bio or you know you want to be a lawyer like yes obviously you need school but for someone like me and I can say this because I'm a major in it communications is the most pointless useless (laughs) degree that there is right the reason why I even took the degree like that is because I didn't need math because I'm not that I suck at math right and so don't get me wrong I think that in every aspect you can use your degree to benefit but when I hear a lot of these people getting their master's and they're making fifteen dollars an hour, and I'm like, you are three hundred thousand dollars in debt, and school taught you this much about how to be successful. The reason why I feel like I gravitate towards entrepreneurship and really, really value people like Eva um, is because the fact that like they are doing exactly what I want to do. A lot of these teachers, historian, like you know, history teachers, English teachers, nothing against them, math teachers, but they're just teaching what they were taught. I want someone that's in the field doing it. Right. And then you guys, when we're learning from Eva, like she is, she's, this is her business. Like it's, and she's so, the way that she speaks public, like her public speaking ability and how she's able to give back. Like, I'm like, cool. I, I fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, all right, you're doing something that I want to do and I can see it. And I've talked to her about like finances and like, hey, when I was doing, when I first got into a I'm like, hey, like, I'm making some good money, like, and I actually need to follow up with her on this, but she's like, yeah, we'll talk, I'll teach you how to budget. And because to me, it's like, I want to learn from someone that actually is doing it. I don't want to learn from someone that just went to school and like, okay, turn to page five, because when I was on page five, I told you to do this. And so I think that's huge that both of you guys are aware of it um, in completely different ways, which is awesome. But it's like, yeah, you want to make yourself the strongest version possible. And in your case, like being in every branch, whether it's sales, accounting, business law, It's just making your arsenal, as we talk about in solar, that much larger, right? And you can, you just that much more well-versed. So when a problem comes up, I actually know how to do that. I know how to do that as well. And I think that's huge um, because it's like, if you can make yourself adaptable, right? The only thing, I remember my football coach taught me this and I was like, man, it stuck with me. It was like my senior year and my freshman year coach who had been busting his ass for like 10 years to become the varsity coach, found out he wasn't going to get the job and he was pissed. And I remember like raw emotion, we're in the like... We're in the classroom and he's like, the only thing that's gonna stay consistent in life is change. I was like, man, that's good. The only thing that will ever stay the same is change. I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty good. And I've thought about that. The only thing that will ever be the same in life is that things will change. That's the only thing that you can guarantee will be the same is that nothing will be the same. And if you guys are out here like becoming more adaptable, learning how to do startup, right? Learning about not just you know sales and accounting, but also like how it affects nature and where's the economy going and what's the global, you know, uh, downside to this and the upside to this, it's going to open up your arsenal so much more than 95% of entrepreneurs and probably 99 percent of people in general will ever be aware of. So I think that self-awareness is huge for both of you guys that you guys seem very well versed in what you're doing. But yeah, dude, that's awesome. It gets me fired up talking about it because like – Yeah,
1: I'm fired up too uh, now. I got ideas brewing now. Yeah, Yeah, dude. But but,
0: um, I think – yeah, I think definitely I want to – if you guys have more on this, go for it. But um, ultimately just to wrap up at least my portion on this is, yeah, trying as much as you can and understanding that like entrepreneurship is the one job where you don't have to be – you can be your own boss. That's what attracted me to solar It's like, cool. I mean, I have a boss, but like Mm -hmm. I don't have to clock in at this time and go at that time, right? If you guys want to work all day, you can work all day. If you want to work from home, you can work from home. If you want to take a day off, you can. And it's all on you. That's the flip side, the accountability. So I guess we can transfer to that. What's some of the accountability you've had to see like keeping yourselves um, in check with the other, by the way, you said there's seven other co-founders. So the question I'm asking here is like, how has that been able to be accountable of yourself and then I'm sure you guys have ups and downs with having seven other people calling the company.
2: Yeah. So so there's nine of us in total. Right. We're all student co-founders of this uh, student startup. Mm-hmm. And there are some challenges that we yeah. face, right? As a team, there's so many of us that when big decisions need to be made, it's there are undoubtedly going to be some heads butting, mm-hmm. Right. Um, for example when we were trying to hammer out our website right. right half of us wanted it to look like classic tech startup very sleek professional look while the rest of us were like well we want this thing to be like bright and colorful and so yeah so kind of like we ended up meeting in the middle right and we got a website that we all appreciate yeah compromise um, you got to compromise sometimes oh so much compromise at this yeah <laughs> yeah right um, but but one of the main solutions that we have is that each of us, we do specialize in certain areas of the business. Not to say that each of us has like one specific job. Mm -hmm. uh, A lot of us are entrepreneur students, Mm -hmm. um, so we do learn from each other how this area of the business is getting ran. What, What do we do in there? We write up instructions for each other. We teach each other how to run every single part of this business while also being responsible for our own areas right right so i'd say like me personally well i have been looking at more data analytics than right. anyone else um ivan well he is the man that can sell water to a fish yes heard here first. yes
0: that's what i'm talking about um sales guy we got
2: our guy noah mm-hmm. right noah's doing the majority of the website work um Our girl Lauren, she's really active on social media and so is Bree. We got our guy Evan. He is the photographer, man. He records just about all of our content. Perfect. We all have these different areas that we actually understand really well and by splitting into teams, we're able to to teach each other entrepreneurship, which is really the management of everything man-
1: yeah. man- management of people is yeah. huge mm-hmm. being nine people you got to be able to like manage each other and see people's strengths and weaknesses and kind of build off that one thing i've been trying to do is like not pick on but when i see a weakness in someone i try not exploit it but help them with that right i try and get them to do something they're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. we're talking about it earlier today me and ian like get comfortable being uncomfortable like that's huge like like you were just saying listing everything that someone is good at in all of our teams like that's great but now let's get everybody that's not good at something good at something so we can all build together right you're only as strong as like your weakest um, person on your team yeah so let's build each other like all up yeah exactly and I think that's one of the hard fine lines of being an
0: entrepreneur and being successful at it with so many other people is you know you guys might see an area where someone's slacking or just they're trying their best but they're just not doing it correctly but that's a real skill that so many people don't know how to do is constructive criticism right? Like if my boss tells me, hey, you're doing great here, but you should try this out. It's like, oh, okay. But it's hard because delivery is everything too. Mm -hmm. Like especially Mm -hmm. when you guys are all at the same level. But clearly some people might shine more here and then this person's not at the same level. Being able to um, kind of like be on an even playing field, but also get the message across in a way that's like direct, but not going to hurt their feelings. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather, and I'm sure you guys are in the same boat, piss someone off a little bit. And get the outcome we all want. Yeah. Then just be Mr. Nice Guy, and then they never get it done. You know what if I mean? If you're
2: afraid to offend somebody, yeah. you're never going to say what you want to say. Right, right. You got, you got to be willing to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And I would say that constructive criticism, man. When you touched on that, I think that is one of the most important skills anybody could have. Um, and there's two elements to it, right? There's a giving the criticism. Mm-hmm. And receiving it, yeah. knowing that everybody's doing their best to right. provide that criticism constructively, mm-hmm. um, but you can't you can't take it personally when you're receiving it, and you can't be afraid to offend somebody because yeah. you're not going to realize what was said that was wrong until you give it a shot. Right, and you're only going to help people grow mm-hmm. by giving it a shot, putting it out there.
0: I think, too, it's, I'm, I don't know if you guys are, but I'm huge on reading, like, self-development and also, like, business books and whatever. But I'm reading Emotional Intelligence right now, which is a phenomenal book. You guys should check out if you haven't read it. Uh, but it talks a lot about, too, and is the ego, right? The ego is your biggest enemy because with the ego comes a certain level of, like, self-righteousness and, you know, I'm better than so-and-so. And don't get me wrong, it's another fine line between being extremely confident versus being cocky. Sure. And being able to be like, hey, I'm good at this I know if I have to give a presentation to our board of advisors, I'm gonna kill it right I'm going in there I know exactly what to say you guys are dialed but versus having someone come in and be like, hey, I haven't actually I think that maybe for um, the accounting we should adjust these numbers with this and you being like nah, they don't know what they're talking about right It could be detrimental to the company So having that open awareness and that self-consciousness of like okay, I understand that, I'm pretty good in all these areas, but I'm always willing to grow and learn from others. Cause I've learned from a lot of people, not just what to do, I've learned a lot what not to do, right? There's some people that are losers, just like doing nothing with their lives. And like I'm like, okay, I know exactly what not to do. If I even have some one quality that's remotely like them, I learned from you not to do that, right? And the reverse is like you see people that are successful. What are they doing every day? Are they getting up earlier? Are they how much time are they spending on their phone? When they're on their phone, what are they using their phone for? When they sleep, how many hours of sleep are they getting? Because success leaves clues. And not to go way off topic with what you were talking about, but yeah, I think constructive criticism is huge because you have to be able to have an ego that is very small. Yeah, you need to have confidence in yourself that's very large. So being able to differentiate is another hard part of being an entrepreneur, I feel like.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you gotta be open-minded for sure and take the criticism like nobody's perfect nobody's always right so just be open-minded and like you were saying like there are a lot of closed-minded people in this world and those are the people that can't take criticism well when you try and help them that's what criticism is at the end of the day isn't it you're trying to help somebody so you're trying to help someone actively and they're like nah you're wrong like they're just being closed-minded thinking they're right their ego is so big Mm -hmm. that they're like nah like i'm right you're wrong doesn't even take like a second guess or a second opinion to like let that like sit, let it saturate right. what you're being told, and see if you could learn from it or take a different perspective, take their perspective of it. Yeah. So be open minded. I like that.
0: Yeah. What you're kind of talking about. I read in another book is uh it's responding versus reacting. And I mean, I like I said, I'm human. I always say in every podcast, I'm not a monk, <laughs> but uh, that's another hard challenge. And just being a human being, just outside of an entrepreneur, is responding versus reacting, right? Like. You know, Someone, let's say, you guys want to come up with a new idea for the business, maybe for the website, and someone comes up and is like, honestly, I don't like that, and they don't give you a reason why. Or even they do give you a reason why, right? Resp- Reacting and be like, well, why? Like You don't know what you're talking about. I put all this time and energy in it. But responding is, yes, letting it sit. Understand where they're coming from. What was their real motive, right? Are they just in a bad mood? Do they want what's best for me? Um, am I just overthinking this? And I think if the world responded versus reacted, we'd be in a lot better place. Amen. But it is so hard sometimes, especially in certain situations when you're putting all of your pride, energy, and, you know, identity into this thing um, with seven other people besides you guys selves. And someone might not agree with you and you happen to be like, I'm going to bite the bullet. Even if I know I'm right, I'm going to hear them out. If I'm mad, I'm gonna give myself time to like cool down separately, and then I'll come back to this idea because, you know, an irrational mind will never make the right decision. You're always just gonna act on impulse versus acting you know, on logic.
1: You
2: know what I wish people would think like you do, Nick, mm-hmm. when they're driving.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> how we about to do that. And I looked out. I got a ticket the other day, but the cop let me off because my window's cracked. So. Oh. He was like, "All right, just quick little side story to get away from." This. So in Dayton, which is like down the street, there's a little itty bitty town called Dayton, right? Like probably 15 minutes from Chico, and I was going to an appointment in Calusa, and the speed limit's 55. But in Dayton, which is literally like I'm talking a half mile, it drops to 35. So like you gotta like you know you gotta decelerate, and it comes around the corner. So I was going 58 in a 35, but it was really a 55, and the cop <laughs> pulled me over, and he was like, "Oh." How's your day? I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. First answer is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, 58 and 35. Let me see your license. And then once talking about empathy, which is another thing I want to talk about, which will transition to the culture here, is I told him I was like, hopefully this works. I was like, yeah. He's like, so my old address is from Simi Valley. For those that know, I'm from Simi. So you still live in Simi Valley? I was like, no, sir. I'm actually, you know, going to Chico now. I'm a student. I graduate next month. Instantly, guy comes back. He's like, you know what? You know, you're a student, whatnot. It's uh, tw- it's only 25 bucks. I'm only gonna write you for the cracked window blah, 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 and uh, didn't even talk, say a word speeding to me one time, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you never know what that guy's going through, and obviously he's a cop, so he's got to write me for speeding, he, I was, he was in the right, I was in the wrong, but maybe his daughter, or son's in school, maybe, you know, he understands, like, oh, this kid's probably just, young kid doesn't know, you know what he's doing, we all make mistakes in life, but if you don't learn from those mistakes, it's like, man, I can't help you, right, if you make the same mistake eight times in a row, right, you keep walking into the sliding glass door, it's like, <laughs> dude, you're an idiot. But if you lock in the sliding, walk into the sliding glass door and you're like, okay, well, I should be more aware next time and you can learn. But what I wanted to transition to was the culture here and ultimately what have you guys – cause for you guys that haven't seen, obviously, you're just seeing, you know, this is like the conference room here. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a really cool spot actually. Um, we're in downtown Chico, right by town hall. Didn't know it wasn't on campus. My dumbass was walking out on campus and Ian's like, dude, it sends me the address. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to my car. But it's a, it's a really cool office. So yeah, what's the culture like here? Obviously the physical aspect and then like working with, you know, so many other people. What have you guys kind of come to find out about the culture here?
2: Um. Well, what's what's really interesting about our team is that a lot of us did not know each other, and probably never really would have spent much time with each other if we had not been brought together by Professor Eva for to develop Fusion NFC. Right. Um, but everybody here is really cool. Um, everybody has some interesting skills that mm-hmm. they are bringing to the table, and. I can't say that you know if we would have had one or two less people that we would have necessarily been as successful as we are right uh, because each of us had these these great skills that they bring like I like I mentioned um, this is a salesman over here That's he's teaching about. us boy. right he yeah. is he's teaching me how to be a better salesperson yeah um, and just being able to learn from each other, not just about how to run a business, but about what everybody here is into. Like mm-hmm. our guy, Robbie, no, I'm not much of a, a party person, right? But I can bust a move. Uh, so Robbie's out here. <laughs> we have here. videos of there the you go. Yes. Robbie's out here every week. He's like, Ian, are you coming to the crazy horse? Yeah. And if <laughs> crazy that horse. man was yes. on me. Yeah. Then I would not have had so many fun nights out on the town. So yes. uh, meeting all these different people and these different personalities is helping us grow in so many more ways than just professionally, right? Um, but just just as people,
0: right? Right? That's huge. Yeah, I think too is like yeah, you talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, just being able to go out and don't get me wrong, it's like work hard, play hard, right? And the cool mm-hmm. thing that you guys are probably coming to realize, which I want to hear you guys. Uh, um, point on this, but like for me, whenever I go out, dude, as much as I can, I'm wearing this stupid shirt or this hat and every person I go up to girls, dudes, making friends, whatever, getting a girl's number. I'm like, Hey, you like Spotify? Do you like the podcast? Yeah. Boom. Follow my go. I go on her phone, click or dude, follow it. Boom. And you just start promoting because going out into different aspects, not just on campus, but in social aspects like parties or the bars is you're just putting yourself in front of more prospects. So Sorry, go ahead real quick, brother. Yeah, I'm answer culture and then we could go yeah, to next question. Ahead.
1: So for culture, it is spectacular. I'm surrounded by eight other motivated people that are all entrepreneur majors and have an open mindset. Mm-hmm. I hate nothing more than being around closed-minded people and you're talking and they're not listening. They're mm-hmm. just waiting for you to finish talking so they can say what they want to say. So I think the culture is great. It's at a great spot. And I think it's a good place to be at right now at my young age instead of being surrounded by a bunch of people that just want to party all day and take drugs and drink. I'm surrounded by people that want to get shit done and do the right, the right thing. Um, just be productive. Be active, productive human beings. Right. So I think that is huge at my age right now because it's really easy to get into a rabbit hole, like to just hang around the wrong crowd. So to be surrounded with these people all the time, being in talks with them, I think it's great. And I think looking forward to the future and keeping these relationships, like this culture is it's yeah, I went off topic from the culture, but no, you're all good, dude. I went to like it. that aspect of like we're all friends now, you know, and it's who you are, whoever you surround yourself with. Like I I've probably read that so many times, I've heard it so many times by like people. by people. By people you surround yourself with, that's who you are. Yep. And I couldn't be happier with the eight people I'm surrounded that's with right, right now. Yeah. I think that's
0: huge, dude, to too, because Being self-aware with that, too, is like, yeah, you are who you hang around, right? And I've just noticed in my job, like I said, I love... There's people you can love from a distance, which Mm -hmm. I've come to learn, right? You don't have to cut everybody out, but there's certain people that just aren't on the same path as you, and you have to be like, hey, when I see you, let's get a drink, let's go out, but then I'm back to my grind, I'll see you in a couple months, right? Or I'll talk (laughs) a little bit. And then there's other people It's like, dude, I can't be around you enough, I'm just a sponge. And when I... I had this realization moment, I'm sure maybe you guys can relate in a similar time, Um, but... I was uh I was running a meeting one day at work. I got to run a meeting for solar for my team and I you know I was just spewing ideas left and right and I was just I felt like I was so in control. That's I think the big thing you want. You like we all want control, right? It's kinda hard to be an entrepreneur because sometimes you become a control freak, but you know, I just felt so in control. My brain was like so open minded, I was just I just felt in a state of flow, which is another thing we could talk about. Whoa. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, the flow, my boy knows. And I felt in such a flow state. And then I, I, you know, got home from work. You know, maybe I, I don't even remember how the day went. As far as like, it was just a great day. Over, I think I got a deal or two. And then I went to the bar and Instantly, I was like kind of self-aware of like my what I was talking about, the, my dialect. You know, you know, the way it's talking about like drinking and girls and going out. And that was my. All I was speaking about in my head, I was like, dude, I was really just talking about like success and my family's generational wealth and how to close a deal two hours ago. And my frequency was much higher. And now I'm in the bar at Riley's and all I'm talking about is, oh my God, she's so hot, dude, let's get shots. What are you doing tonight? And it's obviously there's a time and a place. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I like to go out, but being self-aware of like, whoa, dude, like when I'm around these people, holy fuck, I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z about fulfillment, life goals, purpose, Drive when I'm around these people, or when I'm in this environment. All I'm caring about is my plans for the next two hours, how many shots I'm going to take, what girl I'm going to go after, and it's like, it's it's empty. You feel empty at the end of the day. You're like, dude, what? Like, I was, I'm not, I'm the same guy I was three hours ago, but now I'm in a completely different environment that's like brainwashing me to think in such a lower capacity. But anyway, go ahead, Ian. I want to hear about the flow state.
1: Me too. I'm curious. Oh, the flow state.
0: I've been reading state. about that.
2: You okay? So you're somewhat familiar with it. Yeah. Um, may May I ask what you've read? Topic. Yeah,
0: so emotional intelligence, um, I've read, I haven't read. I have read like an exact book just on flow, but I've read a lot of books that talk about flow. And my what I've learned from it is basically like when you're in a state where you don't even know you're conscious of yourself, you're just like – you're dialed basically for like lack of better words. But I want to hear yes, what you can dial,
2: say. Dialed is a really good way to put it. So the flow state is a state of consciousness mm-hmm. that you can gain access to. When you are particularly skilled or well versed in some part of what you do, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, the way I learned about it was through the perspective of extreme sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned already that I am a whitewater raft guide, I'm right. also a kayaker and a rock climber. And so m- the way I know about the flow state is that I have been in it. As a symptom of life-threatening situations. Mm-hmm. Really high stakes. Uh, when you know how to do something really well, and you get put on the wire, you have to do it. You enter this state, you know, partly because of the adrenaline you're experiencing. Right. Where you know it so well that you no longer have to consciously act. You are subconsciously acting you don't have to you don't have to plan your next move you just do it Mm -hmm. um you think about it like i don't do either of you go snowboarding yes skiing Mm -hmm. right when you are just cruising and you're not thinking like oh toe edge oh heel edge Mm -hmm. right you just you just do it and when you gotta react quickly you just you just do Mm -hmm. so my experience is on the river primarily when i'm rowing, you know, six people down the river in this very dynamic environment that is constantly changing. And you might have this wave in front of you that's seven feet tall and you can just crest right over it. And then for the next boat, well, this thing all of a sudden is 10 feet tall. And if you run straight through it, your boat's going to flip over. So you are just constantly responding and you are commanding the people in your boat, telling them when to paddle, when not to paddle, when to get down and duck in the boat, yeah. and when to sit back up, um, and it applies to so much more than just extreme sports, right? That's how I know it, but you know, even a good salesman, when they are in the moment and they are pumped up and jazzed about what they are passionate about, this product that they're selling, this sustainable, practical networking card, well, you listen to what they are saying and you can just find their problem. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't even have to sit there and intricately dissect everything they're telling you. You just hear their story and it comes to you. Mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you're a coder and you can just type that shit out. Yeah. Right? You can pump out a website or a program mm-hmm. and half the time is the next best coder that you know. Right. right? No, no matter what you do, you can be so skilled at something that it just comes to you. That's that's what writers do. It's what artists do. They just let the ideas flow mm-hmm. because what else are they gonna do? Yeah. What else have you spent all that time learning and honing your skills at but to be a, a master of your craft?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's huge, dude, and I think you hit so many great points there. Just to add on to that, I think as well, is like my boss Christian always talks about a super successful guy. He's 23, he's really my age, or 24, got a you know, nice house, Tesla, whatnot, very humble guy. He's the owner of the company or one of them. And he's always talking about it's so much easier to reflex a muscle than it is to come up with a new one. And a good way to uh, interpret that is like when I'm on the doors, right? If you know the pitch and if you practice how to overcome every objection. Then no matter what they say, you've done it a million times. Boom! I can say that. It's kind of like working out, right? Yeah. After a million times, you know how to work the bicep or the whatever muscle you're working at, right? But if you try to make up some bullshit on the door and just go off script and figure it out, you're gonna you're gonna flip, right? Like about like burn. you know exactly when to row, right? When to stop. But if you just try to freestyle and be like, I'm gonna do something completely different that I've never done before, you're gonna crash and burn because you're going off the script of success in a larger aspect. Like success leaves clues and if you follow those steps, it will always bring you success. If you try to go off and venture way too far out, you're gonna flip and you're gonna crash, right? Or you're gonna fail, you're gonna get the door closed in your face. Um, so learning how to reflex that muscle is so huge because like you said, you do it and it takes hours and hours and that, right? No one can get into the flow state in one hour of doing something. 10 hours, 20, it takes hundreds of hours, right? Of, you know, rock climbing, or selling or, you know, same deal, selling to understand finally, like, oh my God, it all makes sense. Like, I'm sure no one had that day when people are like, it just made sense one day, right? It's not like people are just like, I don't know how to say this. And then the next day, now I know. It's just like, it comes like out of nowhere, but it's, um, it's, you know, it's a mixture of so many different aspects of like time, energy, studying, um, you know, environment so that when it all comes together, you're just like, oh my God, after you get out of it, like, yeah, I was in the flow state. I know what you're saying you're in Called being it's, dialed on the doors is what we call it. Yeah.
2: And it is responsible for all of the insane leaps and bounds that have been made in science, in extreme sports, in business. It's because people are so tuned in to what they're doing mm-hmm. that they are just surpassing the next guy and the next guy. Yep. Um you know, the rise of Superman is the book that I read about the flow state. Highly recommended.
0: The Rise Very Superman? Very
2: interesting read, uh, especially if you like reading about sports. Um, but over the last 20 years, you are going to talk about like the insane records that have been set at the Olympics. Man, I saw the other day that a high schooler just set the fastest track record for the 200-meter dash. It's crazy. Insane, right? Crazy. We have people that are like in their prime competing in the olympics setting these records and all of a sudden this high schooler who is just so in tune and trained so hard pulls it off um so any any inventor any salesperson any entrepreneur any designer they are just setting new records like there's no tomorrow because that's what the flow state is it's Mm -hmm. Act like your future depends on it. Take action because your future does depend
0: on it. Yeah, There's this really cool story. I don't know if you've heard of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. So I was – because I love Kobe, RIP, dude, to the late and great Kobe. But I'm constantly always listening to like successful people, right? Success leaves clues. I'm big Same, on podcasts yep. and, you know, motivational videos. But I didn't – it was crazy. Come to find out. So in that 81-point game, we we'll it ties right into flow state is he was like, at the time, he's like, my foot was killing me. and he, I think it was called, a. I could be butchering the title, but it's called a flat, b- flat, flat joint, or flat bush joint or something like that, where his joint was like, there was cartilage basically pushing into his joint that game. He's like, to be honest, the pain was so excruciating, I had to go to a different place because he's like, I wasn't thinking about the next shot or the shot that had just happened or basically anything but the present moment. And I think another large part that ties it with flow state is being so in the present moment, like right now, like, we're all just spewing ideas. I'm locked in. I don't even know what time it is, right? I mean, fuck, we've been doing this for 50 minutes, but it doesn't feel like that. Not at all. No. And it's when, basically what Kobe talked about was he's like, when I had 81 points, I wasn't thinking about, you know, doing a, scoring a career high. He's like, I wasn't worried about the last shot I made or the next shot to come. He's like, all I was worried about was like the present moment and being in that moment where I was able to alleviate the pain because my brain was on what's happening right now, right? It's a jump ball. Am I shooting a three? Am I laying it up? Am I passing it? And he's like, that's how I was able to be successful in that game. He's like, because I had such pain in my foot, his freaking joint, fucking cartilage going into his joint. He had to go to a different place mentally. And probably along the lines of the rise of Superman, it was like these greats. That By the way, everyone can become great at something, right? Maybe you're not going to be next Michael Jordan or Michael Phelps. But when you can put enough hours and time into anything, you can go to that elevated state of consciousness, which is flow state and really like become something entirely different. And it's just like so inspiring because I'm like, holy shit, I could get there, right? And I'm not gonna shoot 81 points in the NBA. <laughs> but I mean, if I shoot 10 points in a pickup game, I'm balling. But bottom line is it was just super cool because what Kobe was basically referencing is like going to that elevated state of consciousness. But I don't know, uh, Ivan, if you've kind of felt that at any point in your life or have seen that.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna touch on two topics. Yeah, go ahead. That we both brought up in the Florida State. With one snowboarding, two's practice. I've only been snowboarding for about three years. And I remember yeah. that first three times on the mountain, you just get up and your ass falls either on your oh, yeah. wrist, face or your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like that, bro. And now like three years later, been a couple trips like I'm carving, I'm going down the mountain like fast anybody there. Mm-hmm. So it's it just c- comes back to like practice, like practice makes perfect. Like nobody's going to get good at anything overnight like all the greats that we were just talking about, how many hours have they put into it? How many people are willing to put in those hours? Not many. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about like, yes, the flow state, practice to get there, and then from there, like take off from there. But you definitely got to put in the hours. Definitely. I'd
2: say one thing about uh, entrepreneurship in particular on that topic. Um, one, one of the things that they really teach us in school is that very few businesses actually make it. Yeah. Very few actually become profitable, what is it? let alone grow. Yeah. To, to to a scale that's really worth something. So that's that's what was so amazing about Fusion NFC is to have that really easy access. First opportunity whether we were going to fail or get it right to learn. Yeah, another it's thing only is gonna this, get better from here. this
1: is the first time this is happening. I think we did touch upon it briefly. Like, yeah, this is a class. This is the first time this has ever happened. So we're experiments. Like, this hasn't happened before. Grant was donated. We were given money and we were told, hey, go start a business. Anything you want. So we are kind of the foundation and we're, like, striving to, like, make a point that, hey, this is possible. This is happening at Chico State. We're doing shit, like... The College of Business is something here at Chico State. So, yeah, it's the first time this is being done. So, we got a lot on our shoulders.
0: Yeah, but you're in. But the cool thing is, too, is like you don't understand. I've I've heard this quote before, but it's like you never realize how many people are watching you, right? Whether it's social media, like people that don't respond. Like, let's say, I, I don't know, what's fusion out with followers? You guys are at a couple hundred for sure.
1: I think Instagram, yeah, we're about 200. I think LinkedIn is the most. We're yeah. at like 400, something like go. that. We but got the, a lot of people on.
0: Right. The thing is, it's like, all right, let's say you get, you know, like um, physical feedback on like, let's say a posted like five people respond, but you don't realize like, damn, there's probably another 80, 90, 100, 200, 400 people that are also getting some sort of feedback from that. And being aware that like, dude, there's gonna be so many kids that come after you guys are like, oh my God, like you guys started something great. And who knows what it becomes. But yeah. you guys were the founders. That's so hard. A lot of times in life, it's it's just timing. But people can look and me like, dude, I can start a business too. These guys did it. Why can't I? Right? And it's just sparking that idea of curiosity and inspiration is what propels people to be successful. And it takes a lot of guts and balls. That's why I applaud you guys for taking that jump, right? There's this really cool, I love quotes, but I'm bringing up one more. Steve Harvey, the dude from uh, Family Feud, oh, yeah. and so many other things, talks about in life, you're going to have to take the jump at least once in your life. There are so many people that get to the edge of the cliff and they look over at all the possibilities of success, right? That success is 5,000 feet down below, but they're so scared that they're going to fall and die, theoretically, that they never leap. Then you have other people that are like, fuck it, sink or swim, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And they might, the parachute might open right away, he talks about. You're going to hit some rocks, you're going to fly, you're going to fall, you're going to fall, but eventually the parachute will open. But the bottom line is people will watch all their lives, how many people go to their grave, watching people jump and jump and jump, and some fail, some succeed right away, but the bottom line is they did it, right? Mm -hmm. The greatest thing that would drive a man insane is regret because I already have enough regrets in my life. I don't want any fucking more Mm -hmm. where I'm like, dude, what if I would have done that? What if I would have talked to that girl? What if I would have took school more serious? What if I would have took football more serious, right? And it drives a man or woman insane, but the person that's like, like you guys, I don't care how this goes. I can only get better, right? I can only learn. All the knowledge you've obtained in seven months Priceless, priceless. Mm-hmm. And you guys are already doing great. But even if you guys were to totally fail, which you guys are not, you guys are learning how not to do a business, right? Every single step towards success is going to leave a clue. It's just those people that say one day. Fucking one day last time I checked isn't on the calendar. Someday it doesn't exist, right?
1: The, the worst thing that I, I'll, also another quote, like yeah, go the ahead. worst thing someone can say is I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then I was with a group of friends and I was telling one friend, hey, you've been talking about doing this, da, da, da. the same day he goes, I'll do it tomorrow. And I was just like, oh my, I can't be around this guy So Yeah. So yeah. Same, you never same know, thing. dude. Yeah. yeah. And cause
0: tomorrow could be six months, eight months down the road, a yeah. year.
1: And then you're like, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. So only moment it's right now is present. There's
0: a great book. You guys should check out the power of now. I don't know. If, I've read that You one. read that yeah. one? That's a great book. Um, but yeah, basically being all about now, being present, being fully in because the phone, dude, I mean, like I said, I am no better than anybody. I'm constantly, like I just deleted social media again because like I was just catching myself checking Instagram, put the phone down, pick it back up 30 seconds later. Yeah. Bro, there's nothing Dangerous. that change in 30 <laughs> seconds. Put your goddamn phone down, right? But I'm just so like, let me see, let me see, right? Quick dopamine hits that were so like wired into our brains because of the society we live in. But being aware of that and being like, all right, no social media at all. I'm going ghost for at least 10 days. One of my little challenges for the month is like 10 day cleanse. And you feel so much better after because you're like, ah, I can actually engage with people and yeah. learn real life you know, values and whatnot.
1: But, yeah. Everyone take a look at your screen time for the week. Yes,
0: dude. Apple actually does a good job of letting you know that
1: too. Yeah, but like, I could talk about this for a whole other hour, but like, there's a movie on the way. Instagram, TikToks, all that setups, like yeah, social dilemma, yeah, yeah. They, Netflix, yeah, they Seen just it. have these scientists, all this science, all these analytics, how to keep you on there, like engaged, like like you said, the little dopamine hits. Yeah. Like they perfected that. So be careful. I yeah. too am not perfect, and I'm guilty of yeah, being on my phone right. way more than I should be. But yeah, yeah, you live and you
0: learn, right? Well, dude, this has been a banger of a podcast, boys. But I do want to finish on one thing, and that is. What advice would you guys give to other young entrepreneurs that are trying to start a business, or already are doing a business, or thinking about it? Um, we'll start with Ian first here, brother. What, what's like one piece of advice you could give that you've learned?
2: Um. Oh man, I can give more than just one. Go ahead, dude. Yeah, give a couple. Uh, but but really, what we were just talking about, right? The the time is now, right? The perfect moment is not going to come. Mm-hmm. You have to take the leap, and whether this first venture as an entrepreneur is going to be a huge success or a failure, you're gonna learn from it and it is going to educate the rest of your career as an entrepreneur. You know, ch- chances are your first venture is going to fail. But that just means that venture number two is going, has even greater chances of success. Yeah. You know, we're a little bit spoiled here. Uh, we had such a good team and such great mentors that we found some success on our first venture. Um, But that leads me to my second piece of advice is be careful who you surround yourself with, right? It's all about who is around you, who is open-minded, and who is ready to teach you what you know. Find mentors. Find resources that you can use to help you along the way um, because that's the only way you're going to get through it. You can't do it alone. Yep. If, man... You know, we're going to be profitable in about four months since we started selling. And there's no way I could have pulled it off alone. Absolutely no way. And it's all about the professor we have guiding us through this Mm -hmm. process and each other. We are all doing hella research and we're not keeping it to ourselves. Yeah. And that's that's the key to our success, and it's gonna be the key to whoever's out there watching this wondering when should I start. The answer yeah. is now.
0: Oh yeah, I love that, dude. And for yourself, Ivan, what would you say, brother?
1: Nike has the best slogan. Yeah, whole time. it does. They won. Um, Nike, just do it. Yeah, that's it. That's my advice. Just do it. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well,
0: boys, thank both of you. thank you guys both so much for being on here today. I think this was like
1: huge, huge,
0: huge for the value of the company, for the podcast, and for all the viewers that are listening. Uh, once again, for everyone that has been subscribed, really appreciate all the support you guys have given. Um, podcast is to the top, baby, one day at a time, just like Fusion uh, NFC. I totally realized, too, you got NF Nick Federico. This is oh, Nick Federico oh, fusion right the there, right? Nick Federico Corporation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a, I'm a minority owner. No, I'm just joking. But anyway, yeah, I think it's phenomenal what you guys are doing. Continue to bust your ass and inspire others because I think it takes like a group like you guys plus the other seven individuals um, to put all this time and effort in to really come up with something that's not just, yeah, I have a business, but a business that's going to be profitable in four months. It's a new idea. I'm gonna put the link to these so you guys can go ahead and purchase these and check them out. Um, the Fusion NFC cards, but uh, yeah, guys, once again, thank you so much for this opportunity and uh, laugh about it. New podcast coming every single week, baby. You know how it is. Slowly but shortly, we're gonna be in San Diego, so it'll be a transition, but we'll see thank you, you then. Well, you're welcome, guys. Appreciate it.